Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and I am glad you are here. Happy Mother's Day to all the women in the room and uh, just a little special shout out to those of us that lost their moms recently. I'm sorry. This is a place of healing uh, as well as a place of celebration, but um, take it from me. I lost my mom to cancer in 2003 to pancreatic cancer. Um, and there's a lot of moms in this room to me. And so I'm grateful to God for each of them. And uh, thank you for loving me as a son. And thank you for taking care of me and praying for me and all that kind of jazz. Um, we got a women's gathering. It's a half-day thing this Saturday, May 14th. It's in the Fellowship Hall. Is that correct? Okay. And then we have Casa de la Ferreira has invited us to join them in at the end of every month, they've been doing a community Sunday after their service or before their service. I'm not sure. After, yeah. So it's at 3.30 on May 29th, and they have games, and they have barbecue usually. This time it's going to be barbecue, and they have all kinds of fun stuff. And they said, hey, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, come back around at 3.30, and we'll party together in multiple languages, Right? Does that sound fun? That sounds fun to me. Yeah, food. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know why we're clapping. That's crazy. On Tuesday, um, we, have a, we have a Bible study uh, of daytimers. The daytime, we call them the daytimers Bible study. And they've affectionately become known in my, my family's uh, as the old timers. <laughs> my dad showed up. My dad showed up to this last one on Wednesday, and my dad was the young, youngest next to me. <laughs> he was blown away. And it's, they take me to school, and it's been so encouraging, and I love this crew. And I, I invite anybody that's got free available mornings, Wednesdays especially, 1030. We meet in fellowship, uh, the fireside room. We study scripture. Uh, we get to know one another. We pray for one another. It's a, it's a, I think it's a hoot. Um, we have one of our members, a guy named Dick Clark. He's up there. He's the handsome young man up there. He's, he's battling cancer, and they're trying a new viral treatment on, a, on, on Wednesday. They're starting. And so the men of Daytimers said, hey, we're going to fast on behalf of Dick Clark on Tuesday, May 10th. And so Daytimers is inviting anyone in here to fast with us. And that can be from food, media, just take out something that you usually lean on. And then whenever you feel, in my case, when I feel hungry, which is quite often, <laughs> as you can see, uh, I'm going to lift up Dick. I'm going to lift up Dick Clark and just pray on his behalf. And uh, anyway, so everyone here invited to fast on Tuesday. Any other announcements? Yeah, no. Maybe. Check this thing. There's a bunch of stuff. Fellowship pads. Yeah, we're going to pass around fellowship pads. Yeah? And the fellowship pads are the, just the pads at the end of the pew, and you pass them down, you write your name, and you say hello. Um, and we reach out. If, you're the first, if this is the first time you're here, give us your address. We'll send you a thank you note. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Let's stand.
And our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 23. I'm going to read the first three verses. And this is out of the, the Passion Translation. The psalmist writes, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks, he, he tracks and takes care of me and brings me to an oasis of peace, peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I may bring honor to God's name. Let's praise the Lord together, singing, He leadeth me, O blessed thought. invite Terry to give us our children's message. So students and youth, come on up to the stage. I'm on Philip. Yay. Okay, I need Ollie is up here. All right, I'm going to be, ooh, I'm loud. I'm going to be giving you guys some stuff as we go along. 
And I'm going to talk kind of quickly. All right, so we're talking about Mother's Day today. So I thought I would tell a story that has Jesus and his mom in it. All right, that's what we want to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this up here. We're going to tell a story of wows. So I'm going to tell a story about a, a, a wedding that Jesus and his disciples and his mom was at. And this is our first wow. So I want you guys to help me. So Kenny, can you hold up that W for me? Oh, hold it right there like that so people can say. So, so back in Jesus' day, a wedding wasn't, reception wasn't just like three hours long. It was days long, like a week long, really long. Can you guys say, wow? Wow. That was so hard to plan for. We had all this stuff to do, and it was like for five days long. So Jesus and his mom are there, and his mom finds out that they run out of wine for the wedding. Okay, so that's super embarrassing, right? Because they just didn't plan right. They ran out of wine for the wedding. And so Mary, his mom, comes to him and she says, we ran out of wine. We ran out of wine for the wedding. So she was worried about her friends being embarrassed. She was worrying about the bride and groom, all the people there. What are we going to do? So this comes to our next while. You know, there wasn't just like Jesus couldn't just run down to Stater Brothers and buy more wine, right? Like, what's, what's he going to do, right? And he said, dear woman, why are you bringing me into this? It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. And you know what? She didn't say, well, you better do this. She didn't tell him what to do. You know what she did? She looked at the servants who were there, and she said, do whatever he says, right? Do whatever he says. That's what she said. So Jesus probably, you know how we give our moms that look, right? We got the look, right? Like, oh, my God, I had to do. Probably gave her the look. I'm not sure because he was Jesus and perfect, so maybe he didn't give her the look. But he told the, he told the servants who were there working, he said, those six big jars over there, 20 to 30 gallons, like this, fill them up with water. That's our next wow. Because the servants were like, okay. So they went and they filled them all up with water. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And he said, go and do that. That's our next wow. Say, wow. 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 Okay. So then he said, you take some out of those jugs now. And you take it to the master who's putting on this wedding. And you make sure that it's okay with him. So the servants took it. To the master, and the master said, this is the best wine yet. This is the best wine. Usually people serve, you know, the good wine at the beginning, and then when everybody's drunk, they serve the bad wine. But this is the best wine yet. Wow. Wow. Can you guys say wow? Wow. But the master didn't know where the wine came from. The servants knew, and Jesus' disciples knew who came with him, right? They all knew. So all of a sudden, the disciples were like, Wow, this is our last wow. Wow, he is something really super special. Sorry, I ran out for you. (laughs) And they said, oh my gosh, this is so special. He just turned water into wine. And his disciples saw it. And they said, we knew this man was special. We knew this was super cool and special. But He's going to be turning this world upside down if he's turning water into wine. This is a miracle. We saw it. And everybody knew this is the beginning of something super cool. Right? 
But you know what? This beginning came a little sooner than what he wanted. But he still turned the world upside down with this. I want you guys to turn your letters upside down. Can you turn your letters upside down? Who helped him start this wonderful ministry? (gasps) Who asked him to do the first miracle? And who did he obey, even though it was before his time to start? He obeyed his mom. So that's why we're telling this story today. Super cool, right? All right, will you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you ordered your world the way you did, that you have a mother and a father for us to teach us the way to go, and that we obey them and we listen because they know that we know that they want what's best for us just like you want what's best for us. And even though that moms and dads try to be like you, Jesus, and like you, Father, the Heavenly Father, sometimes we fall short. Sometimes we aren't perfect. We don't walk on water. We can't change water into wine. But most of us do our best. But, Lord, we thank you so much that you give us moms and dads to guide us and to love us and to be part of community and family. And, Lord, today we want to we pray for every mom out there who's worked really hard behind the scenes trying to make sure that everybody's happy, that everybody is not embarrassed, that people are taken care of. We want to pray for those who have lost their mothers recently. We want to pray for those who can't be near their moms because of uh, distance or for whatever reason. And we just want to lift up all moms to you today. We thank you, Lord. It is such a blessing that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Like me. 
like, like a mother who cannot forget her child, like the father welcoming the prodigal son home, so God cannot turn away from us, even though we come week after week, admitting we have turned from God's ways. Knowing we are God's beloved children, we come to admit our failings in order to be forgiven, to receive new life, and to begin again. Would you pray with me? Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses, and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength, through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. We are God's children. We are loved, accepted, and forgiven. We are welcomed home again and again. Receive the good news and know that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Man, that makes it my job easy when you guys do that, right? Who gets to just go home? I love that. It takes the pressure off, and God is praised. Once again, Mother's Day. So glad everybody's here. Um, we started a, a new series in May. It's a Red Letter May. We're going to study the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John as found in the lectionary texts of John. Um, and today, before I, uh, we open the word, just inter- as a way of introduction, John wrote this. He, this is the last gospel to be written. This is, and most scholars think he wrote Revelation before he wrote this. So this is, this is he's older, he's wiser. He's one of Jesus' best friends. Jesus had two best friends, Peter and John. So he has this inside track. And I think this, this, mor- uh, this morning's message from Jesus, his red letter section um, in John chapter 10, is more appropriate than, it, I, it couldn't match what I need to hear more. Um, it's, I have a, a friend who's a teacher, and she said, um, the schools have gone crazy. They've said, let's plan everything in May. <laughs> let's get it all done. Does anybody else feel like we're ramping up Almost like never before. I'm the only one? Okay. Well, there's one person that whispered, yeah, kind of. I don't know. I think it's, I felt more, ah, there's just anxiety. What's everybody's problem driving around lately? Have you been on a road? Anyone in the, in the room been on a road lately? Have you noticed that people have to be in front of you? <laughs> That's just a fact. Maybe it's just my Prius. I don't know. But everybody's like, I need to be in front of that Prius. So every, and it, they're gone crazy. And uh, this morning's message is Jesus's, I don't know, healing words to this stressful situation. Um, without further ado, let's uh, open up to John chapter 10. I'm going to start reading in verse 22 and end in verse 30. At the time the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you you do not believe me because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is the word of the Lord. 
Beginning of the text, we find out it's a festival. What are the Jewish festivals? Jewish festivals are, they come back and they come to the synagogue. They go to the, the, the epicenter of the Jewish faith, the people of God. They go to Jerusalem. It's like a homecoming. And we have a homecoming here. Dian Chung, back in the house. Welcome back from Taiwan. We were praying for you. Jarjours. Welcome back into the house, right? We got some people coming back in. It's Mother's Day. You know, everybody's kind of a little happier, you know, a little. My kids might wash the car for my, my, my wife. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so there's this festival atmosphere. What's this festival? Does anybody remember or anybody know? It's the Feast of Dedication. We know it as Hanukkah. Temples destroyed, they rebuild it. They create a festival of the rebuilding of the temple. And the word Hanukkah actually means renewal. Renewal. Anybody in here need a renewal? I do. And Location, location, location. Where is he at? He's at Solomon's porch. What's Solomon's porch? Solomon's porch, we find out later in Acts. Remember when uh, Peter heals the guy at the gate? He heals the guy at the beautiful gate. He says, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'll give you. It's Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ makes this guy so he can walk. And they're clinging to... Uh, that's, that's actually Peter, and John's right next to him. John, the writer of this book, is right next to Peter. And this guy is clinging to his legs. And Peter says, okay, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach what Jesus the Christ is all about. And it's all about healing and renewal and revival. And it's a, an explosion of discipleship in Acts chapter 3. People start coming to Jesus like crazy. Fast forward, it's mentioned again. Right after Ananias and Sapphira, they're struck dead. You remember that? That's kind of a crazy little curveball. But then in five, he's at Peter's at uh, Solomon's porch again, and there's everybody who's got a problem is coming to Solomon's porch and getting healed through Peter by Jesus. So this is like an epicenter of renewal and heal, healing. And so then these teachers. These guys that don't really trust Jesus, they surround him. It's the same in the, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew, when God surrounds us, they surround Jesus. They're like, you're not getting out of it this time. You're going to answer to us. They say, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one? Are you the one that's going to renew and turn the right side up and the wrong side down? What does he say? He answers, but he doesn't answer, right? What's he say? Anybody remember? I just read it. He says, my sheep know me. He says, I've been telling people, everybody, That I am the Messiah. He kind of just whispers that because he doesn't want to get crucified this day. So he says, everybody knows what's going on. I've been saying it. You don't hear it because you're not my sheep. 
And then he starts doing ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. He starts giving us things. He starts defining us. First of all, in that first statement, he's saying, you don't understand because you're not a part of the church. It takes us to hear Jesus. It takes us to receive faith. And then he says, then he lists these things. He says, first of all, disciples of Jesus, people of the church, what do they do? First and foremost, listen to Jesus. He starts with some things that we're supposed to do. In Hebrews, this is just a little side tangent that I'm really, I, 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 I get really interested in this stuff. Because you, you know in that verse in, in Hebrews where it says, uh, the word of the Lord is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts between marrow and bone. I came across a translator that says we should probably stop saying that as the Bible. We should, stop, we should start hearing that as the actual words of Jesus via the Holy Spirit. I think it's both in. I think, it, like, Scripture does... You know, isn't it crazy that sometimes you open up your Bible and it hits you? It's like, you read my mail, God. <laughs> you know, seriously, get out of my head. I, I didn't want to tell you that. But the words of Jesus, Jesus the Christ, listening for his voice is a key part of being us. Listening for his voice in these beautiful songs, Right? Listening for his voice out when you're out in the ocean. Who's ever heard it from Jesus at the mall? I have. (laughs) He usually says, you don't need that. (laughs) But actively listening. What does that take? What does that look like? To actively listen for Jesus' voice throughout this week. Maybe it means cutting something out. Maybe it means scheduling some silent time. I've said in the past to seek the face of Jesus. I think sometimes we need to seek the voice of Jesus. The still, quiet voice that comes from our maker via the one and only son. And then he says, these people in this room, the church, they get to know me experientially. They walk through life with me. I know them. They know me. Insert story about putting on your calendar a date with Jesus. I want to keep cruising because there's a lot here. What's the next thing? 
They walk with Jesus and they follow Jesus. Where you lead, I will follow. Fall in line, go after Jesus. And then then the stuff starts washing over us. The things that we receive at the last parts of this text are exactly why you're here this morning, I think. And they're exactly why I'm here this morning. The shepherd knows us and we know him. And with Jesus, we get lasting and meaningful life. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I crave. That's what I want. I want a life that matters. I want a life that's full of joy. I want a life that's got purpose. And it's got hope. And it's got depth. And Jesus says, being a part of this body, being a part of the church, and and being a part of his sheep, he'll give that to you. No strings attached. And then he doubles down. He says the same thing twice. He says, you get a special assurance of an unbreakable security. And you're also forever in the grip of Jesus the Christ and God the Father. I want to read a quote. Actually, I'll save that quote in a second. Um, Where's the most secure you've ever felt? Turn to your person next to you. What's the most secure you've ever felt? The safest you've ever felt? You didn't expect a quiz this morning, did you? Everybody's looking at me. He's like, you're supposed to talk, aren't you? <laughs> Am I supposed to talk? No, it's kind of a game, right? We, we get in here and we start talking and we start thinking of these questions. Maybe you don't have one. I remember it was just our anniversary. It was uh, April 6th, is that right? April 6th, 2001. We got married right here. Uh, we kneeled at a kneeling station. There was a candle right around here, and we prayed about unity. I promised that her people would be my people. I would be part of her people. We went out to... We, I'm, I've always been a pastor, so I've always been kind of low on the income scale thing. Uh, so we got a rich Uncle Tom of, of Malia's that used to sell beds, mattresses. He's like the mattress king of Denver. And uh, Tom hooks us up with his Vail Cottage. We go out there, and a friend of ours is going to Boulder, um, University of Colorado over in Boulder, and he has a gift certificate for one of these restaurants in Vail. And so we drive over to Boulder, and then we're driving back to Vail, and it's the largest snowstorm of the year. In 2001 was April 8th. <laughs> and... Uh, since we were on a honeymoon, everybody was blessing us like crazy. You know, we get on the 
the plane and they're like, oh, yeah, move up to first class and let's get some champagne going. And then even though it's 6 in the morning, I'm like, what? No, <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, we get to the rental place. I've, like, rented the Yugo. <laughs> and uh, they upgrade us to a Jag, an XJ6 or whatever, whatever Mark Lackey drives. Um, so I'm cruising. And right then I'm really sad that they upgraded us because if we wreck this thing, it's, <laughs> it's a big deal. And these cars, for some reason, they have a light that lets you know when you're going to die. It's a picture of a tire spinning. <laughs> it says, you're about to die. You know, you're about to slide off the road and die. And we're cruising, and we're going up and down the Rockies. You ever heard of them? They're pretty big. And so we're cruising. We see 18-wheelers sliding off the road in front of us. And I'm like, this is crazy. My, I'm white-knuckling it, like going like this. And I... Uh, we get out, of, we made it, we made it miraculously. And this is the safest I've ever felt. I get out of this Jag and I go and I'm not going to own my whole income for the next couple of years because I didn't wreck the car. And I go into the, the living room of this place and there, there's a fire thing that you can flip on and there's just snow falling. And I was with the love of my life. And everything was good, right? That's what Jesus is talking about in this text. He says, you're my sheep. You're in my grip. And imagine how strong the grip of God Almighty is. Is anything ever going to hurt you? Is anything ever going to take you away? And then he ends with this verse. And Bruner, Dale Bruner, one of my favorite commentators, he says this. The sentence in 1030 is the exact middle of, of our 21-chapter gospel of John. And it sums up the main message of the whole gospel. Does one want to know God, the Father? Look at Jesus. Does one want to know this Father's will? Listen to Jesus. Does one want to know the Father's love? Look where Jesus goes. Does one want to live? Walk with Jesus. Notice also, that our security is rooted in the Trinity itself, according to that verse. I and the Father am one. And he just said, I will grasp them. I will never let them go. Applications of this text are simple. Listen for the voice of the shepherd. That is Jesus the Christ. Let this renewal wash over you. Your identity. Who you really are. Your security. All threats, all fears are taken care of. 
your position. You're a daughter of the king. You're a son, you're a daughter. Let's stand and sing. Savior like a shepherd, lead us. Please be seated. I had totally forgotten that we were going to pl- pass the plates. And I was like, man, I wonder if somebody else covered that. And absolutely. Right? Isn't this church amazing? Sharon, thanks for being amazing. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, we're going to pa- pass the offering plates for the first time in over a year and a half. Well, that's, that's incredible. And let's just pause for a second and praise God. Um, as we continue in worship, this is the part where we get to partake by giving our tithes and offerings in the adventure of being God's local outpost, about being those people that Jesus was just describing, filled with peace and filled with security. So as we continue in worship, this morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
seated. Pray with me. Oh God, we come into your presence as children, lying aside our cares and concerns to enjoy you and worship you and to be renewed in your presence. We praise you for your work in our midst, O God. We are thankful for your comforting presence during times that try our faith. We continue to pray for the Ukraine as we hear of new and devastating bombings and more loss of life of people in shelters. We pray that you sustain the military and the innocent civilians of that country. We pray that they can overcome the enemy. We ask you to help the many refugees as they try to resume their lives as best they can. Today, on this Mother's Day, we remember and give thanks for mothers everywhere, especially for the mothers who raised and nurtured us. We remember those who wish to be mothers and pray that you give them the desire of their hearts. And we ask your comfort on those mothers whose children are no longer with them and who suffer emptiness we cannot begin to understand. We pray for mothers today that you would bless them with all they need to fulfill the calling you have given them. Give them wisdom, strength, and vision. Fill them with your love and goodness. And we give thanks for all who have played a motherly role in our lives, that they may know that we honor them also today. Give us all a mothering spirit toward one another, gentle, loving, and full of grace. We pray for those afflicted with illness and pain. Ease their plight through the presence of your Holy Spirit giving to each as they have need. May they find comfort from arms that embrace them, hands that reach out to them, kindness in the eyes watching over them, and hope in the actions of all who care for them. Bring healing and hope to them. We pray for those who are fighting the challenges that cancer brings. We pray for Patty Ernest, who is having a difficult time with chemo and the after effects of that. We pray for Kay Deer, and we pray for Dick Clark. We ask you to be with Dick this week as he goes through this treatment process. We pray for good results. We continue to pray for the severe weather and fires that are affecting many areas of our country. Protect the people in the paths of these events. And we pray for rain for our state so we don't face the consequences of severe drought. Help us to be good stewards of the resources that we have been given. Generous God, as, <clears throat> as we have been touched by your love, help us to show you our thankfulness by also reaching out to others through our very selves that you may touch them through us. 
Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand to sing our final hymn.
Once again, thank you everyone for coming and thank you for worshiping with us here. Happy Mother's Day and make sure um, you get a flower of your choice. If you haven't heard, there's flowers for each woman in here that uh, for your your choosing and bless you, you know, encourage you. There's also going to be treats in the Fellowship Hall. And I've heard there's going to be those uh, caramel covered with chocolate and sea salt things from Costco. So uh, you stick around and grab one of those, women. All right. But for now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.